Hello, and welcome to Church at the Bridge. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly sermon podcast. Today we have a guest speaker, Pastor Marcus Gill, who's delivering a word entitled Divine Value. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, everyone. Well, today we have the distinct pleasure. Um, good friend of mine, uh, Marcus, uh, which I'll bring up in a second. I just want you to know this is probably the most down-to-earth person you will meet. God does is doing some amazing things through his ministry and throughout, uh, you know, I mean, the entire nation and even internationally. But Marcus uh, and I, you know, we're getting together and we were talking and, uh, you know, he told me he was around. I said, bro, you got to come on and just bless our congregation. He said, amen. But I'll give you a quick backdrop. When I met this brother a couple of years back, I met him at a conference uh, down in Long Island and we just got to talking and you ever meet a person and you're like, man, this is like a friend. I don't know if you've had that experience. Very, it's very far and few people that you can do that with. Well, the moment I met Marcus, we just clicked, man. He's got a beautiful family. He's just such a blessing. So he's got a word in season for you guys. It's a good one. So let's welcome Marcus Gill up. Let's give him a nice warm welcome, Marcus. Amen. When I say praise the Lord, you say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This time stand up and shout it. Praise the Lord. Come on now. And if you're blessed and you know you're blessed, clap your hands, everybody. And let me hear what it sounds like to be in a room at church at the bridge with some people who are blessed beyond measure today. Come on. What it sound like? Amen. All right, do me a favor real quick. Look at somebody next to you. Find somebody who looks blessed, though. Oh, wait a minute. All right. You probably just offended somebody because you turned your mind and went another way. But just look at them and say, neighbor, I have a prophetic word for you. Tell them, say, I decree and I declare that this is your week to receive some good news. Come on, if you believe it, give them praise. I believe it. God is a good news giving kind of God, amen? I'm tired of all this bad news. Television, bad news. Social media, bad news. Stop texting me bad news. I believe God is positioning you for some good news, amen? And I believe it's happening for us right now. While you're standing, let's celebrate your pastor and his beautiful wife today. I really believe y'all love them. We love the Vasquez's, man. And of course, celebrate each other. You may be seated. I love your pastor. I'm going to just say this real quick. And man, I could take my whole sermon and preach a whole sermon about him because he is indeed the walking word. Amen. He is. His life is a testimony. You know, the light that shines from this man is a light that can never be covered. Him and his wife are doing something so amazing. I'll share this real quick. My grandfather, I'm here this weekend because my grandfather's having his 25th uh, anniversary celebration. And they asked me to come and speak for this uh, service later on today. And so I told him, I said, man, I'm going to be in town. Let's go. uh, Where did we go? Smoky Bones Barbecue last time? (laughs) Uh, Brothers Barbecue. Yeah, that's right. Brother. I said, man, we got to go to Brothers. I'm going to be in town. He said, better yet, man, why don't you come have church? I said, okay, that's even better. (laughs) And, uh... Uh, but, but I said that to say, man, to walk in this place and see what God is doing through church at the bridge, 
I moved and came to Newburgh back in um, 2009 after graduating college. The Lord led me here and told me to come and serve with my grandfather uh, just as a musician. I was a minister of music in Carolina, and I was playing for this really big mega church, a couple of thousand members, and I just felt like I needed to be with my grandfather. I said, why am I doing all this here when I can go and serve with him? And so I came to Newburgh, and uh, I didn't know much about Newburgh, you know, other than when I would come visit my grandparents. Uh, but in that, God ended up calling me to preach, and I started operating as his assistant pastor, and then there were talks kind of with me maybe potentially becoming the pastor of that church, and um, certain things just didn't work out, you know, it just didn't work that way. It wasn't timing, and it wasn't, you know, wasn't meant to be. It was kind of what I wanted to do, you know, but I'll tell you this. I had a vision for the city of Newburgh, not knowing that God would only have me here for a season. And I told this to Pastor when we first met, and uh, I said, wait a minute. I said, is your church that church that's on Broadway that <laughs> destroyed that club? <laughs> I said, he said, yeah. I said, the one with the cool banners and the cool contemporary looking signs and stuff? He said, yeah, that's me. And I told him, I said, man, you don't know how many times I've driven past this place and looked at the signs and said to myself, somebody's making it happen. Somebody is making it happen. So to be standing here today to minister in this place where this man is doing what I believe so many have dreamed of doing, but God called him to actually accomplish this thing called breaking tradition. Tearing down walls of, oh man, He's, you're doing something so powerful, man. And I know you don't want the glory for this, and you will dare take the glory. But I just, I just believe that what's happening here at Church at the Bridge, and this is for you too, before I get into the word, I believe that you all are the seed to the kingdom reputation of this city. Shifting to what God really has called for his children to be. Amen? Amen? I believe that by faith. So I celebrate your pastor. Second service, I'm going to give a totally different speech because I got so much more to talk about. But thank you for answering and saying yes to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. And I'm so glad to be here with my brother. My youngest brother, Marion, flew up with us uh, this weekend. And Brother Herman Bailey from our church, our pastor in St. Louis, the Encouragers Church, flew in last night to be with us all weekend, and we're just glad. My wife and daughter, they are in the bed. They are at the hotel. Today we got three services, and um, Madison is in charge. She is 17 months old. Yeah. And I just, I really hate it when preachers, they travel and they got to put their family on screen. I can't stand when preachers do that. You know, as if they got to show their fa- Oh. Yep, that's Madison. And then, of course, my wife, Dominique. This is probably my favorite picture of her. Yeah. And so we got to hurry up and get these services done and over with, man, so, so they don't be crying looking for me, all right? But they wanted to be here, but it was just a lot today with the baby, so they send their love. Amen? You ready for the word? All right, all right. I feel like family, man. 
First Samuel chapter number 16, verse number seven. I'm going to read that scripture just to start us off. And um, I've been known for preaching and teaching and swelling people's heads while I'm teaching and preaching because it is my assignment in the kingdom to remind you how wonderful you are because of Christ. And there's a lot of people that don't like positive messages. There's a lot of people that don't like inspiration. I've been called a heretic. I found video on YouTube just the other day where a man uh, called me a uh, infomercial ministry uh, because of the way that I motivate and encourage people and remind them of who they are in Christ. And this is something that I'm not going to ever stop doing. I want you to leave this place. I know you get the word every single Sunday and every week from this mighty man of God. But I'm telling you, I'm on assignment to make sure when you walk out of here, you feel 10 times more valuable than what you felt when you came in. Not only as an individual, but as a church. Amen. Amen. So the word says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so we know the background of this story. Most of us know this text. Here it is, uh, that there was one that needed to be anointed to become king. And all of these tall, dark, and handsome brothers were all lined up. And there was the assumption that because they were tall and handsome and robust and powerful, and outspoken and popular and they had a lot of followers on Instagram and you know they were the valedictorian at the uh, graduation it was just the assumption that they would be the ones that when the oil came the oil would begin to flow on their heads and they would be anointed well it went to one said no went to the second said no went to the third uh uh-uh, uh not you went to the fourth not you went on down the line and then all of a sudden uh, this young uh, unassuming young man who was uh, doing the dirty work doing the not so popular work wasn't really being uh, paid too much attention to came out and they said well let's try him and then here suddenly oil begins to flow and then right at that moment we have a new king all right watch this here oftentimes in our lives we have this same experience many of you in this room I'm quite sure at some point or another have been looked over overlooked have been pushed to the side there's this idea that somebody else is always greater somebody else is always better somebody else can do this better than you somebody else should have the opportunity somebody else looks better sounds better has more friends is more popular does it a certain way even in ministry I've been overlooked many times because I'm not the preacher that shows up in a robe with a big long cross down his neck and when I get up to preach I start saying ah See, some people don't think that that's good enough. But one thing that I found out, that if I stay in my lane and I stay in my place and I keep doing the work that God has given me to do at the right place, at the right time, the oil will flow on me because I'm yet chosen by God even when man says no. Can I make an announcement for somebody in this room today? There are many people that have waited to see you fail. There are many people that have waited to see you sink. But I believe in this season, Church at the Bridge, and I'm talking to each and every one of you, every person that has waited to see you fail, they're going to see you fly. Every person that has waited to see you sink, they're going to see you soar. Why is this? Man may not understand your value, but you can't be concerned about what man sees about you. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at 
the heart. Can I say this prophetically to somebody that's been working in the vineyard, that's been toiling, that's been helping people, that's been forgiving people, that's been being slapped in the face over and over and over again, and you still continue to stand? People in this room that have been disrespected on your job, maybe within family, maybe in some bad relationships. Let me give you this good, good, good. I'm talking real good news, and you ought to celebrate with me on this fact. God is going to reward you. Watch this here. In place of the rewards that man thinks they're holding back from you, God has a way of rewarding you for the things that man won't reward you for. There are things that you've been doing behind the scenes. There are great goals that you've been accomplishing behind the scenes. Man may not give you a pat on the back. Man may not exalt you. Man may not elevate or promote you. But the good news about this reward from God is that God's reward will always exceed the rewards of man. So keep being faithful. Keep on striving. Keep on pushing. Keep working the vineyard. Something good is in store for you because God has chosen you for the blessing. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Shout this out loud with me. Say, I have, I have divine, value. divine value. Listen, defining valuable, defining valuable. Often when I'm teaching, I love to make up my own definitions. All right, I do, I do. You know, sometimes we preach, say, if you go to the Webster's Dictionary, the word valuable says, and I look at the Webster's, and I look at different dictionaries, and I look at uh, different uh, 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 commentaries of the word to kind of get interpretations of certain words, but I love coming up with my own definitions. And I say that uh, in a a fleshly sense, but it's really God who really gives me the revelation of a word, and I like to release this. So today, your word is going to be valuable. Everybody say valuable. 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 Am I talking too loud? Am I too moving too much? Okay, okay, okay. All right. Define valuable. Listen to this here. Pastor Marcus's definition is to possess worth and esteem qualities. Ooh, that's deep. To possess worth and esteemed qualities and to be a carrier of incomparable characteristics of excellence. possess worth and esteem qualities to be a carrier of incomparable characteristics of excellence. Am I talking about you? Who am I talking about this morning that that possesses worth today? And you really believe you possess worth. You're a carrier of worth and esteem qualities. And to be a carrier of incomparable characteristics of excellence. That's me. me. I'm, I'm valuable. I carry worth. I carry quality. I have quality. I'm a person of quality. Incomparable characteristics. That's me. This means I'm so valuable. I know that I'm the only one on this earth that carries this type of excellence. When God made me, he gave me a a quality of excellence that nobody else has. So I can't be compared to my neighbor. I can't be compared to another preacher. I can't be compared to another author. Uh, You can't be compared to another doctor, another nurse, another teacher. Uh, You can't be compared to another father, another mother, another grandmother. You're the best grandmother your grandchildren have ever seen. And there's no other grandmother that can be compared to you. Are you understanding? That's what it means to be valuable. 
There's over 7.6 billion people in the world now. Not one of us have the same count of hair on our head. Not one of us have the same fingerprint. With all the stars and moons and galaxies and stars and solar systems in this vast universe, not one of them match. And you think, oh, God can't do something wonderful with you? You think God has to duplicate what he's done in somebody else's life in order to make you valuable? No, you carry your own value. There'll never be a person on this earth that'll carry the same level of excellence that you carry. There never has been and there never will be. Even your children, they'll come from you and they'll carry a piece of it, but they'll be even greater than what you are because of the value that you've instilled in them. Man looks at the outward appearance and attempts to compare. But God looks at the heart and recognizes you're a Jew. That's incomparable. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Watch this here. Listen, now when you know you're valuable, you got to stay there now. Say it. Say, I'm valuable. valuable. Say, I'm a carrier carrier of divine value. value. Look at your neighbor and say, ain't nobody like me. me. All right, my wife's a school teacher. I know how to talk. All right, listen. So when you are valuable, I need you to stay in this place. And here's some keys I want to give you before we have breakfast that'll help you stay in this place. You ready for it? Here it is, number one, number one, number one. Be careful not to take heart in things that appear to have value. Be very careful not to take heart in things that appear to have value. Because oftentimes in this world, appearance is often greater than reality. Especially in this social media world we live in, oftentimes it's more important to look like you got it together than to actually have it together. Look educated, look wealthy. How about relationships? Or well, we look happy, and what people don't realize, you got folks jealous over a relationship with a two-second selfie smile, and the rest of the day they're fighting. Don't take heart in the appearance of value. Really be valuable. Because if you take heart in the appearance of value, it could be toxic to who you really are and where God is really trying to take you. So don't use your energy to take heart to appear to be value. Looks can be deceiving. My grandmother taught me years ago, he said, Marcus, everything that glitters, so don't devalue who you really are by trying to appear to have value to match the world status quo. Here it is. Next one. Listen to this. All right? I'm talking about divine value. Don't let people mold you into who you are not based on their measure of greatness. All right? Be very careful. Don't let people mold you into who you are not based on their measure of greatness. Oh, man, how many times have we been great and somebody won't recognize how great you are until you do something that meets uh, their measurable need. I remember a time, I, I'll never forget this, and i got to be careful, let me see, because this happened here. I'll make sure certain people are here. All right, good. I, 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 you know, I had gotten into a season, man, where I wanted to be like Carl Lentz. And so I was wearing cut-up jeans and stuff. You know, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. 
And I had a season where I was like kind of into that. And it was working for you, doing videos and stuff. It was looking cool. And so I was wearing that on Sundays, and I was preaching here and preaching there. And, um, you know, still going to the hospitals, praying for folks during the week, laying hands on the sick, people getting healed by the power of God, folks getting delivered, suicidal children. Pastor Marcus, can you please talk to my teenager? She wants to kill herself. Go and talk. She gets saved. Now she's singing praise and worship. All these great things happening while I was wearing cut-up jeans and graphic T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. But then one Sunday, I said, you know what? Let me just put on a suit and tie and some dress shoes. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to preach like this this Sunday just because I just want to just feel like a real preacher. <clears throat> Do you not know that some of the same people that I had prayed for in the hospital and they had gotten healed, some of the same people where I had prayed for their children and they had wanted to come to the Lord and give their life to Jesus, came up to me after service and said, wow, you're finally walking under the anointing. So you mean to tell me all the praying, all the visits to the jailhouse, all the showing up and, and doing everything possible to help your spiritual needs and you testifying that it worked. Thank God for the man of God coming to connect. I feel so blessed and so inspired. You didn't have a testimony that I was anointed until I put on a suit and tie. This is what I'm talking about when I say don't let people mold you into who you are not based on their measure of greatness. There are people that will try to measure your level of greatness based upon their opinion. And if you find yourself living on people's opinion, you will end up devaluing yourself. You'll end up watering down who you really are to match people. You have to be who you are and be firm about that thing and not shift. Because most people's measure of greatness is much, 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 much smaller than who God has already measured you to be. So there's no devaluing your greatness to match people's opinion. I don't care if you show up in your pajamas. This man right here will cast the devil out, get bodies healed, souls saved. Are you hearing me, somebody? And still be anointed. Because it's not about people's measure of greatness. Number three, listen to this here. Don't find your new place of worth. Hear this clearly. Don't find your new place of worth and then attempt to create your old experience. How many times do we get free and then we go back to the places that we were once bound? How often do we get our joy and we gain confidence and then we surround ourselves, we take ourselves back to that toxic environment? And here's the trick of the enemy. Let me just give you this quick uh, uh, understanding here. Oftentimes, the enemy will even try to fool you into believing that because you've come to a level of value and you've come uh, to be conscious of how great and how anointed and how wonderfully made you are, the enemy will fool you into believing that it's your responsibility to go back to those places that had you bound because, oh, now God's going to use you. You got to be real careful in this season not to find yourself back in old places too soon because if God blesses you and he delivers you, there's a season where you've got to prepare, you've got to be built up, and you've got to be taught how to go back. I've seen so many people give their life to the Lord, change and shift, and come to this new level and get to a new dimension in the Lord, and they feel like they've got to go back to deliver everybody else, and they find themselves back in the same place that they were before. 
So don't find your new place of worth and then try to create the old experience. Don't, don't come to a new church and then say, oh, well, we didn't do it like this at New Jerusalem Baptist Church. What do you mean? Uh, we got lights. What are lights for? No. God has brought you to a new place to shift your mind and to shift your thinking. You can't try to recreate the old. Sometimes you got to be delivered and stay a difference from where you used to be so that you can truly, oh, my goodness, be built up for this new season of your life. And then when God is ready, oh, some of the old things you can begin to tap into because now you're strong enough to go back and change. Watch this here. The old, by bringing the old to where you are and say, this is where I am now. Come up out of that dying place and come and live in this land of milk and honey. Are you hearing me? But don't try to create the old experience. Be grateful for what's happening now. God is doing a new thing in your life right now. And so allow him to do the new. Amen? Amen. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. All right? Number four, people of value. How many valuable people am I talking to in here? All right? People, uh, I know this mic is valuable. i your new mic, I promise. All right? Number four, people of value see and appreciate the value in another's difference. All right? You've got to be willing. People of value aren't insecure. We value each other. If I see a man doing greater than me, I don't run from him and talk about him. I say, Lord, let me have a relationship with this individual. I see value in his life. There's something that I can learn from this man to make me better. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We see the value. We appreciate another's difference. Even in the things that seem to be uh, the most unassuming. This value even in the people that you may think uh, don't have any value. And I know we do that sometimes. We don't do it on purpose, but sometimes, you know, we can look. You know, sometimes people say, what do you do for a living? They ask me that on the plane all the time, and I learned that that's not really a compliment. Sometimes people ask, what do you do for a living, so they can judge how they're going to respect you. Oh, what do you do? And I tell them, I say this, I say, man, if I tell you, it's going to put us all in danger. Mind your business. (laughs) All right. But listen, people of value see and appreciate the value in another's difference. I taught on Sunday at my church about being the light, and I gave four elements of light. I talked about how light, uh, the elements of light are intensity, color, direction, and movement. And I compared the elements of light to how we should be. We should be intensified. We should be colorful. We should have direction, and we should be moving people. But that element of color doesn't represent color, because I passed a church that's actually uh, multiracial, and they thought I was just trying to put on the race thing. I said, no, color means diversity. And we have to learn how to connect our assignments with diversified assignments. How, how, how much further, Pastor, do you think the body of Christ could be today, over the last hundred years since the Azusa Street Revival, if we didn't have all of these different perspectives that kept us all in our separate rooms and our separate hotels and in this phone call, that phone call, this meeting, that conference. You can't fellowship with them. Kids can't play together because you go to that church, that church, that church, that church. How much better could we be if we learned how to appreciate the value even in our differences? Even within the body of Christ. How we can connect and do something great. All right? You might not like people that wear red clothes, but somebody that wear red can probably fill an empty space in your life. So let them wear their red and fill that empty space, and you soar together. So even as a church, I believe this church is growing by leaps and bounds because you've learned here how to appreciate the difference in people. Come one, come all. I don't care what you look like, what you smell like, what you think, your perspective. As long as we're lifting up Jesus and you're willing to be taught and flow with this thing, let's do it together. Because we are just that valuable. 
Are you hearing me, somebody? All right. So people of value see and appreciate the value in another's difference. Next one. Defeat insecurity by accepting the fact that everybody is not going to see your worth, but many will. I've learned this in my life. You will be hated by few, respected by many. Are you hearing me? I said this uh, sometime, me and my wife were going through some things, and I said, sweetheart, don't worry about it. For every five people that can't stand us, God will put 50 more that love us. So everybody's not going to see it, but many will. Have that confidence in your creativity. Don't ever hold back on releasing something that you've created because you're worried about who's not going to appreciate it. I'm telling you, this is my life story. More people will always love your creativity. They'll love your idea. They'll love what you put out about yourself. Something that you're, some idea you have. More people will like it than the people that will dislike it. Yeah. So don't worry about the dislikes. Appreciate the, the love, all right? Here's the next one. Listen, find value in what God has specifically called you to do and not in what seems to be the appearance of spiritual power. Now, I'm digging deep now into the value here in your ministry and the anointing and what God has called you to do. Find value in what God has specifically called you to do and not in what seems to be the appearance of spiritual power. Many of you have been called to do some very unique things in the church. And I know this already, that your pastor is highly open to new ideas and things that break the mold and things that kind of tear down those traditional walls of what's only accepted in church. Be the people that see so much value in what God has specifically called you to do that you ignore the appearance, again, that word appearance, of spiritual power. There are a lot of things that happen in churches and in ministries, and people will try to convince you eventually that if you don't behave and you don't act a certain way or you don't do this or do that, you must not be spiritual. I had to correct somebody in our ministry just a few weeks ago because my wife, you know, we're not, you know, the quote-unquote dramatic. You know what the dramatic people in church are, right? And I'm not saying there's something wrong with it, but we're not just dramatic. We're not like flamboyant. I'm not the pastor that when praise and worship is going on, I got to come marching down the middle of the house so somebody everybody can see me you know we don't act spooky and scary we're not looking at everybody all through the service and you know making people feel weird like oh god is he seeing something we don't do all that stuff we're just like pastor and his wife we're friendly during praise and worship we're walking around high-fiving people hugging on them loving on them and there was some individual that came through and they said oh pastor marcus i can see oh that the lord is going to do something mighty in your wife god is going to pull her out of her shell and she's going to begin to be exuberant in worship and i said wait a minute let me let me pause here i said don't bring that super deep spooky spiritual stuff in this house i said because we're not creating that environment and you're not going to try to devalue who my wife is or devalue her spirituality uh because she's not behaving and walking around touching fake spider webs and stuff in the church looking deep and spooky i said that's not what we're gonna do and I'm going to encourage you because you're a very unique church and your worship. Oh, my goodness. It was so rich as we felt it coming through the door. So unique and pure. Why? Because you're being yourself. Don't let anybody. I'm telling you, church at the bridge. Don't you let anybody step into this house and try to shift how you connect with God, how you do with the Lord, what you do for the Lord and how you worship and how you praise, how you preach and teach and how you receive. Listen, as long as you're getting it and you know you're growing and receiving it, don't let people try to change you and tell you that there's something wrong with you because you're not jerking and dramatic. You accept it exactly how God has you. And don't be fooled by what seems to be spiritual because a lot of people who are extremely dramatic in the kingdom Y'all toxic. 
Next one. I got, I got three more. I know, we got, I know we're running out, but listen to this. Are you getting something so far today? <clears throat> Don't let cultural comfort zones limit your ability to live out your potential. I'm talking about divine value. Because even sometimes our worst enemy can be our cultures. And it's easy for me to teach you on this because I have a multicultural church. This is a multicultural church. Don't allow cultural comfort zones to limit your ability to live out your potential. I had to learn this. I can, I can be 100% real, right? I'm asked so much to get involved with things that I know could destroy the potential uh, uh, color ministry that I have. And I've been limited by so many black preachers that have, in, in one way or another, tried to force me into hating police officers and force me into speaking against political figures that we may not always agree with all the time, but there are people that have tried to force me to become a man that I'm not. I've been rebuked by preachers who look like me for pastoring a church that's equally balanced in race. And the Lord taught me this. He said, Marcus, he said, you have esteemed qualities that are incomparable. You remember the definition? He said, you have something in you that some people just don't have and they will just never understand. And I'm going to use you in this season. I pastor a church right on the outskirts of St. Louis, Missouri. Where 90% of black people in that city hate police officers. And you mean to tell me, God, you're going to send me into this city and take over a church full of people that don't look like me, integrate that city and community so that people from my culture won't celebrate it, but they'll rebuke it? He said, yeah. He said, because I'm causing you to break walls. You are the one that's more valuable. And so I learned this, and I'm giving this to somebody that needs it. Don't let cultural comfort zones limit your ability to live out your potential. Some of you are going to accomplish some things and do some things that your culture or people in your family, your background will not understand and may not even appreciate. But you still have to recognize, I've got to do this and pray to God that they will eventually get it and then realize how God is using you in this season to bring forth change and to expand the kingdom of God. Can I tell you something? Walking into Bridge Church in Newburgh, this looks like cultural comfort zones are being, watch this here, the limits are being taken off of cultural comfort zones. And you're expanding and creating a church, and I say this at home, that looks like heaven. We had a, a night of worship last Sunday in our church. Oh my goodness, maybe 500 some odd people showed up for this wonderful service and people were coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west of Missouri. Even the the police chief attends my church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And they said, oh my goodness, man of God, we've never seen anything like this in this community. And I said, don't thank me. You thank God. God has given many of you visions in here and plans and ideas on how to work this thing. But don't let your cultural comfort zones limit your ability to live out that potential. Amen? Stop. Okay, here's, here's, here's the second to the last one. This will, this will really help you. Read it when you see it. Ready? Go. Go. I didn't say it. You did. You want to talk about divine value? You want to keep your value? 
You want to stay up? You want to continue to elevate and go to new dimensions? This is one of the greatest words of advice I can give you today. Stop taking advice from people who don't have their own life together. I'm not saying that they're not worth anything. But you got to have boundaries when you're taking advice from other human beings. Because not everybody wants to see you prosper. And there's some times in life where people will intentionally give you bad advice so that you can stay where they are. Have wisdom, like the word says in Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. This is telling us that you are blessed when you surround yourself with the right people who can distribute the right words of wisdom to empower you to help you remain, and, and watch this here, at the level of greatness that you're at. Do you want 2019 to end right? Stop doing that one. And then the last one here, keep your value Learn how to take divine rest. Divine rest. People of value know how to take divine rest. Everybody said it with me. Divine rest. rest. All right. Am I talking about sleep in the bed? Yes, that's a part of it. But divine rest means I am valuable. I know who I am. I know whose I am. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. John 16 and 33 says, in this world, Jesus said, you're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. But in this world, you're going to go through ups and downs. In this world, you're going to deal with this, that, and the other. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have lies. You're going to have financial issues. You may have some health problems. People are going to lie. And you're going to go through breakups, heartbreak, all these things. But Jesus said, be of good cheer in it. For I have already overcome the world. So that be of good cheer part says, relax. People of value, relax. We don't lose our minds when things go wrong. We take divine rest. That's the ability to have peace in the middle of a storm. See, peace doesn't come because the storm is over. Peace doesn't come uh, just, oh, I thank you, Lord. I'm going to have my peace when this is over. No, peace is about knowing how to maintain while you're in turbulence. While you're in trouble. And people of value don't lose their cool. They stay in place. And they rest. The easiest part about resting is in Psalm 139. Verse 13 and 14. He says, for you form my inward parts. I'm talking about people of value. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Listen to this here. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. All those points, I'm fearfully and I can do those because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are the works of your hands. My soul knows it very well. Why did I end with that? Because our value doesn't come from our own doing, our own good, our own flashiness, our own education, this, that, and the other. It's not about us. But we are valuable because we have been fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And listen, my soul knows it. We're not questioning it. My soul knows it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I know it. I'm not arrogant. I'm not conceited. I'm not pompous, pious, egocentricitous, or stuck up. 
my soul knows it very well because I know whose hand is on my life. How many valuable people in this house today? Come on. Just say this out loud with me. Say, I know who I am. I know who I am. Stand up and say it. Shout, I know who I am. I'm a child of God. And because his hand is on my life, no demon, no devil, nothing can stop me from being blessed. Now high five five people and say value, 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 value. Come on, value. Glory to God, value. Wow. Were you blessed today? Come on now, we thank God for Marcus and the gift that he is in our lives. Father, we are so grateful for what you've done in Christ. That Lord, by what you've done in Jesus, you have added value to our lives. You call us unique. You call us wonderfully made, Lord. We celebrate all that Jesus has done. Now, it's very possible that there's somebody here today or somebody watching online, and you've never considered how valuable you truly are. And I'm reminded of what Psalm 139 says. David says, my soul knows this very well, how you created me. And today you're hearing something that you've never considered. That you're not just who you are, you're unique. You've been made wonderfully, intricately by God. And because he's made you unique, he's made you with purpose, on purpose. And maybe it's possible that there's someone here today or watching with us online and you're saying, man, I never thought of the value that I carry, that I possess. And today, for the very first time, your eyes are opening, your heart is wide open because you see something you never saw before. You see what God sees in you. I want to encourage you that if that's where you are right now and that's how you're seeing things that maybe, just maybe, you've never stopped to consider that God is inviting you to partake of all that's valuable in you, to discover it. And if you believe that today and you, and you see that you have value and you want to live that out, I invite you, friend, to consider this, that the only way you can tap into that is by embracing the most valuable thing that God did for you and the entire world. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says this. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. God ain't mad at you. God's not looking down at you. As a matter of fact, God esteems you. And he's raising you up. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer of faith with us. Say this with me. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died and you rose again. I believe you paid the price for me because you love me and because you value me. And so this day I declare you're my Lord and Savior and that you are my God. And from this day forward, I'm following after you. I'm trusting you. And I'm seeking all that you have for my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, we're celebrating in this house. 
lives change, value being released in the lives of people. Now, Father, we thank you for all you've done. We celebrate Jesus, and we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you again next Sunday.